1: And we are back. Ivy Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Thursday, and that is Ryan Roberts. I'm Brian Driscoll. I'm in my Virginia office today, and I apologize for being late, but we're late because budget rental car sucks, and I knew that, and I still decided to try and give him a chance, and I will never make that mistake again. But uh, I'm back, and we're ready to rock and roll better late than never, Ryan, because today... We are going to talk about the keys to victory for Notre Dame against North Carolina. This is not going to be an easy game. It it wasn't an easy game last year. It wasn't going to be an easy game in 2020. North Carolina is ascending as a program, in my view. They're not where some people in the media quite put them to be at times, but they are ascending. I think this team is better than last year's team, which was preseason top 10, obviously quickly fell out of the top 25. Uh, you're starting to see the recruiting paying off on offense. You know, just the quality of recruiting that they're doing on offense. It hasn't paid off on defense yet, but it will. Notre Dame just needs to make sure that it doesn't happen on Saturday. But this is a big one for Notre Dame, and it's a game that if Notre Dame wins, they're going to have to earn this victory.
2: A hundred percent. I mean, this—they're not going to give anything easy to you, right? Especially when when they're on the field offensively. It's—it's. It's, this is a big matchup for Notre Dame for. Variety of reasons, Brian. I mean, you saw a little bit of growth, I felt, in the Cal game, but you want to get into the bye week at 2-2 two and two and feeling a little better about yourselves, right? You don't want to go in 1-3 and three and just not feeling great about yourselves entering the bye. So it's a massive one. It's like you said, there's a lot of young talent on this North Carolina team. I mean, obviously headed by their quarterback, which we'll get into here today, but a lot of nice talent, defense struggling. Notre Dame needs to come out and play a, a tough football game because if they get into a game where it's down the stretch, offensive fireworks have to kind of take over. It's probably not in the best of your advantage, but again, we'll kind of get into that landscape a little bit here today.
1: So Ryan, the the thing that we're going to kind of look at is, is I still believe, and and again, I could be wrong on this team. My assessment could be wrong, but I still believe that this is a situation where Notre Dame still has to play Notre Dame football. I don't believe this is a game where you've got to play above your head. You've got to play out of your mind. You've got to put the perfect game together in order to beat North Carolina. Notre Dame's better than that, and North Carolina is not quite that good, Mm -hmm. but it's still a game where you have to play better than you have. I don't think Notre Dame has yet to play a game that, in my opinion, would beat North Carolina. And you could point to the Ohio State game and say, well, you know, hey, if you hold this team to 21 points, you got – yeah, that should make sense, but you can't do that if you only score 10, (laughs) right? And so that's where it comes down to where you've got to really play well in, in both phases. And, and that's going to be the key. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to break down sort of the keys to victory in this game. But at the end of the day, big picture, Ryan, this is still about Notre Dame putting a plan together and playing their game. And I'll be honest, offensively, that's kind of been my biggest issue with the staff. And that's why my, my one big nitpick with Coach Freeman, I still feel like he – because my concern as a defensive coach, does he view the offense as sort of a, hey, we need to play this way? to protect that side of the ball or or to keep this other team off the field that's the mindset of a defensive coordinator and, and instead of looking at it like hey let's be aggressive in all phases and and that is my 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 one concern we're going to need to see this no name offense come out aggressive you can pull, you can be a team that runs the football and plays physical and still be aggressive yep. and that's the question that we have and that that even beyond key to the game that's something that I'm very curious to see how they come out of this game because there's a difference between controlling things offensively and and playing keep away and we're going to learn about that uh from this team a little bit today Ryan right? but let's let's kind of transitions a little bit into the 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 keys to offense right mm-hmm. and, you know so I was kind of going to talk about that but I was like you know what we can't talk about that with talking about the keys to victory on offense so let's begin there Ryan yeah. and the biggest key and this is sort of all encompassing mm-hmm. uh yeah, yeah I think that initially I had down as they have to establish a running game. But sure. I think the cut, the reaction that you made to me, I think it needs to be nuanced a little bit. I, I think it needs to be more big picture. They have to control the line of scrimmage because controlling the line of scrimmage, Ryan, goes beyond just establishing the run. That's a big important part. they got to establish a run. they got to protect the quarterback. But more importantly, Notre Dame needs its offensive line to set the tone for how this game is going to go on Saturday.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Everyone should start their day with a great cup of coffee. And for my family, that means the latest blend from Trade Coffee. My wife loves Trade Coffee. And when my parents were in town for the Notre Dame season opener, I turned them on to Trade Coffee as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month, to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. The coffee we got from Trade was superb. My wife is very picky with her coffee. I've told you that before, so I trusted Trade Coffee and had her fill out their quiz. They sent us three different blends, and they batted a 1,000. We received the Holmes blend from Sparrow Coffee in Michigan, the Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York, and the Black Velvet from Atomic Roasters in Massachusetts. That's our collection, and trust me, we're adding to it. But if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take their coffee quiz and get expertly matched with coffees you'll love. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping at drinktrade.com slash irish that's drinktrade.com slash irish for 30 dollars off try it out today
2: yeah it's they need to play pissed off in my opinion right like it needs to happen you saw a trend again in the right direction in cal like i felt like the offensive line just played with a higher level of physicality than we saw through the first two games but i mean i keep saying it brian like exponential growth with that offensive line is what i need to keep seeing man like it's something where you know that Notre Dame has talent up front, you know they have size, you know they have tools to work with. But the the thing that we were most excited with about Harry Heaston outside of the technical refinement of the position is that they were going to play nasty, right? They're going to finish through the whistle, do all those types of things. And I feel like you've seen it in spurts, but it hasn't been nearly consistent. It was better last game. It needs to be even better this game. Notre Dame, in order to take advantage of where this North Carolina defense is right now, which, like, let's be honest, it's not a good defense at all right now. It's it's a bad defense. And when you are playing against a bad defense that does not play physical, you need to out-physical them and dominate them at the line of scrimmage. Like, there cannot be any doubt about Notre Dame dominating this game with their offensive line in this football game. Like, it has to happen, man. You, you need to come out and, and literally, it doesn't have to quite be you know the uh, what was the USC defender's name that like turned his back against Quinn Rasheen Nelson for sure yeah like it, it doesn't have to be a Rasheen Green situation right but right. it needs to be something close like you have to get you have to almost make them give up if i'm being honest like that's what i yeah. need to see about this we've heard about Blake Fisher and everything that he can do and you know that i think Blake Fisher has a chance to be a a stud and just one of the oh, better offensive yeah. linemen to, to come but the fact matters is that we need to see it right 66 six, 330 pounds of him Let's get it loose this week, man. Let's be physical. Let's dominate and let's establish that line of scrimmage. Be nasty is what I need to see on the offensive line.
1: I love how fired up Ryan is right now. I'm <laughs> loving the energy you're bringing right now, man. I'm 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 being serious. Like you I are know. fired up right now, and, and I absolutely love it. I I think it's 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 partly matchup, but it's also partly establishing your identity, and that's the that's where this comes from. Notre Dame has to be this way in order to beat North Carolina, but this is kind of where we're talking about. There's a difference between coming out. Punching North Carolina in the mouth, being physical, establishing the ground game, taking it to the opponent and playing keep away. And, and that is my big concern about this is I want to make sure that if they're doing this, they're it's kind of like this, Ryan, it's it's a lot of things like, you know, people can do a lot of things in life. You can give to charity. You can do all type, you know, you can tithe to your church. You can help your neighbor. You can do whatever. But what's your motivation behind it? Are you doing it because you want to be helpful or you're doing it because you want people to praise you, right? Like you're doing the quote-unquote right thing, but your motivations can make it whether it's going to be as helpful or not, right? And it's the same thing with this aspect of the football game. Are you doing this because you're afraid of North Carolina's offense? Or are you doing this because this is who we need to be to maximize our potential as a program? And with some of the things that Coach Free has said, it makes me think that it's it's more along the lines of we're afraid—not afraid. That's the wrong word. We're protecting the defense from the North Carolina offense as opposed to this is who we are. And it could just be things he's saying, because again, it could just be we're saying this in the media. Marcus Freeman understands how to play the media game, right? He understands how to, you know, build North Carolina up, you know, because again, who's his primary who his 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 primary mentors, Jim Trestle, who used to do that in the media. His most recent kind of Notre Dame mentor is Lou Holtz, who did mm-hmm. the same thing. You know, build them up. It's more about – I don't care as much about what he says in the media, but I do have to take notice of it this early in his tenure because we don't know a lot about coaches that – Mark First, Mark is that coach. So when I go to see Saturday, I want to see them – I don't care what, you, what the words were. I want to see you take it to them and be more aggressive. And you can be aggressive and be physical and run the ball and all those kind of things because, you know, you're not going to beat North Carolina rushing for 147 yards unless other parts of your game – take off. And exactly. that's what we're going to get to. Yep. Key number two, Ryan. Mm-hmm. This ties into a lot of these things. They kind of build on each other. Key number two, Notre Dame has to move the chains. Notre yes. Dame has been one of the worst third down teams in the country this year. They have to get better, like immediately. This has to be something that they're able to do because Uh, You know, you're not going to win with three yards in the cloud of dust. I've always said this. I always kind of joke, like, the least favorite sports expression ever is three yards in the cloud of dust because three yards in the cloud of dust gets you to fourth and one. So (laughs) unless you're going to go for it on fourth down every time you get the football, that makes no sense. You know, I want to see them come out and, and be good on early downs. This has been a big problem for Notre Dame is they have not been as good on early downs. Now, last week when they got into the short yardage situations, they were much more effective. When they didn't jump off sides and those type of things, they were. I mean, they, the quarterback sneak, they moved the chains. The third and you know late in the half or late in the second half, they had the, the short yardage situations with Aldrick Estimate. He converted. You had the goal line situations. They got in the end zone in a couple plays, so it was better against them. But success on first adapt, first second down is going to be important because you need to keep Drew Pine on schedule. Yes. You do not want to put Drew Pine in a lot of third nines, third and tens. That's where turnovers are going to start to happen. You want to keep this situation where it's going to be a lot of third and twos, third and fours, and hopefully moving the chains on first, second down. You mm-hmm. know, like that long drive their house they'd had against Notre Dame to put the game away. They never had a third down. I mean, that's where you really want to be. And they, but it's not like they were hitting bombs It was little comeback routes, little quick routes, running the football. And I want to see them lean on North Carolina in the early downs, but also not be so run game dependent that they're also not moving the chain, you know, using the pass game to help sit, set up the run as well. So – To me, that's also a big key to this game, right? Is they have got to be a a move the chains team. And the way you move the chains is to stay on schedule and early downs.
2: Yes. And and I love that you mentioned Drew Pine as part of this conversation because it's so important for him, right? Because he's a guy, he's a kid that is better when the RPO game is working, when the play action game is working, when you can move the pocket at times for him. Like those things, those movement based things are really where it kind of lends into his strengths, in my opinion, right? And how do you stay above, uh, in on schedule? You have good plays on first down. You have mm-hmm. good positive plays on second down. You lead yourself into second and manageable, third and manageable, because that opens up the playbook, right? Like there's a smaller version of the playbook for second and eight, third and nine, right? Like it is not an easy thing to do, but there's a lot of possibilities for second and four, third and mm-hmm. three. There's a lot of different possibilities for a coaching staff. So it's very important, not only just for the simple fact of like, hey, let's get some first downs to, in fact, keep North Carolina off the field a little bit. Sure, that's part of it. But more than anything, it's Notre Dame tried to get Drew Pine comfortable last game early on in the Cal game by doing some of the short passing game and such, right? Didn't work. So they had to kind of pivot and then go about it in a different way in the second half. And the – the I think that the way that they went about in the second half was 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 solid, right? Like it, it went, they went almost to a complete 180 as far as what their what their understanding and, and what their adjustments were in the second half. Which, again, you got a victory, awesome. But I think for for me to get Drew Pine comfortable early on, Brian, you establish the line of scrimmage, point number one, and point number two, you continue to move those chains and make this more of a methodical offense, kind of an offense that just runs completely off well not completely off of script because not everything could just be fully off script but an offense that isn't asking you to to get out of your wheelhouse right stay in your comfort zone a little bit if you're drew pine those things are so important because i don't imagine i would be very surprised if notre dame could have a passing offense that they had last week and they win this football game right it needs to be better it the only way bad. that
1: happens, Ryan, was like it's like a bunch of turnovers. Like, you yes. know how they've gone like three games and no turnovers. Like, if it just like does like all of a sudden the breakout happens, like in like, okay, we, we're making up for all the turnovers we didn't get the last three games, we're getting Saturday. I, to your point, I think that's the only way that happens, is if they're just they get, you know, it's it's like the Wisconsin game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You get two pick sixes and a kick return for a touchdown. I mean, it doesn't have to be pick sixes, but it could be a forced fumble that you were to cover the 22 yard line, you know, something like mm-hmm. that going in. Uh, to your point, I think you're right. There's the only way that that happens is if there's an asterisk, you know, asterisk yeah. by, by it. You know, yeah, yeah, they didn't do this, but, you know, they, they, their average starting field position was the North Carolina 33 yard line because they started four drives in Carolina territory. Yes. Right. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, yep. and so it's it's going to be tough to win a normal game the way that you're describing. They're, they're going to have to be more effective it, it, it just on early downs. And then that leads into sort of the next part of this, right? And and the key number three is they have to win on the perimeter. And this, mm-hmm. this manifests itself in several ways. Number one, formationally. My fear is that Notre Dame is going to come out and go back to doing a lot of 12 personnel in this game. And I know that it worked in the second half against Cal to a degree, but I don't think it was the 12 personnel that worked so much as it was just you had spread Cal out, you'd leaned on him, and you kind of wore him down a little bit. I don't think it's a situation where, oh, gee, the tight ends were blocking better all of a sudden. That wasn't the case. (laughs) I want to see them continue to spread Cal out, continue to do the movement stuff that I think is really effective. You know, use, use your jet motion effectively. Take a page out of Carolina's book. Use your jet motions and your shifts effectively. You know, mix up your personnel. Stick with eleven. You know, mix up your eleven personnel. Change your personnel. Right, the twenty-one stuff worked great in the first half last week. I want to see them do more of that. And the biggest play of the second half was also a twenty-one personnel play. It was the little route to Audric Estime. So don't forget about Chris Tyree. Don't make that a one-off. Right, and 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 that's my big concern. You know, I think didn't they give like the offensive player of the game award to Audric Estime after the game? I think think Notre Dame did. I'm like, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's just back to falling in love with a powerhouse back, which I like Audric Estimate, but it's as part of a duo with other guys. And that's kind of the concern I have. Again, just another concern, and it's me reading into things, but when you're only three games into a coach's tenure, all you can do is kind of read into things until you have more data to show something. And so we're going to see how they build around that. I mean, do they look at it as, oh, we finally got Audric Estimate going, or is it, hey – by using Chris Tyree early, that then got Audric estimate going. We'll find out on Saturday. Uh, yep. still, still need to see Tobias Merriweather. You know, you need to get some size on there. And the reason it's important that they win on the perimeter, Ryan, twofold, is schematically they got to do some things to win on the perimeter because their corners are big and and pretty mm-hmm. physical when they want to be, when they're allowed to be. Yep. You know, they don't they don't do a ton of press coverage, but they are physical in routes and different things like that. Um, Notre Dame's receivers have struggled a little bit against that. I would imagine that North Carolina is going to be more aggressive in coverage to Saturday than they have been because they're going to watch what every other team has done to Notre Dame and said, hey, we're going to make them beat us down the field. Mm-hmm. And and so they're going to have to do some things formationally and with motions to get guys moving, right, to get guys rolling, to get guys kind of on a nice rhythm. And that's going to be an um, important aspect of this as well as part of winning the premier. And then there's going to be opportunities in this game where it's going to be a one-on-one with either a tight end, a running back, or a wide receiver and they're going to have to make those plays. They have not been making them up to this point in time. They're going to have to make those plays because this like you said Ryan, it's not a, this is a game you can't ground and pound and grind out a 17-13 victory. Right? You're going to have to create some big plays and and it kind of ties into a little bit Ryan what our fourth key is, uh, which is they've got to create big plays. So the, the, it all builds to that. I'm not saying you have to have 600 yards of offense. I'm not saying you need to rip off a, you know, seven seven, yard gains. Be nice. but That's <laughs> what we're saying. You're going to have to do some things where you create some big plays in the run game and in the pass game. And I'm telling you right now, barring just blown assignments by North Carolina and every team you play, you're not going to rip off a big run until you start to make big plays in the pass game, because there's going to be too many people in the box and not enough space to do that, barring a mistake by someone else. Right? Yeah. And so until you're able to, to generate some place, Hey, Tom Reese, you're a smart guy, NFL guy. It's time to do what you know you did last year. It's time to do what you're supposed to do, which is use your formations, motions, personnel, and play calls to generate space opportunities for Lorenzo Styles, for Brayden Lindsey, for Tobias Merriweather, and for Chris Tyree that are going to create big plays. Do that. And this offense will have a chance to shine. So those two things kind of tie hand in hand, Ryan. That point three and four is winning on the perimeter, formationally, movement-wise, and post-snap. And then, of course, they need big
2: plays. Gene Chiswick is not dumb, right? North Carolina coaching staff is not dumb. They're going to look at that film last week in the second half, and they're going to be like, okay, they got it rolling a little bit when they started running the football, when they started establishing the run, when they started getting downhill. And what are they going to do early, Brian? I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to say – I'm going to keep an extra defender in the box and I'm going to force you to be uncomfortable. That's what I'm going to do, right? Like I'm not going to let you get rolling because the thought process is they're going to start the game the way they ended the game. That's what they're Mm -hmm. going to do now. So I'm going to stop that. And I'm going to force Drew Pine to being a player that maybe he doesn't want to be, or that he hasn't shown that he can be at least during this, this past game. Right? So Mm -hmm. force that. That's the key to coaching, right? You force the opposition to be uncomfortable, do things that they are not good at. So you Forced, you force the run game to get slowed down. You try to get them to throw the football. And from there, what schematically makes sense, right? An extra defender of the box, that means that somewhere, probably multiple spots, there's one-on-one opportunities, whether that is on the outside, whether that's Michael Mayer working, working down the seam, whether that is a slot receiver working down the middle of the field, whatever. Regardless, there's going to be one-on-one opportunities. And all due respect, to the Tony Grimes of the world, the Storm Ducks, the Cameron Kellys, who are all talented players. Right now, they are not great football players. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to you have to have confidence. Even though what's happened the first three games, I, I like to think that the coach staff has to have confidence and say, like Lorenzo Styles can win that one on one. I know they can. Based on the film, I know that he can win that one on one. Brayden Lindsay can make a play if we get him a one-on-one against these corners and these and these safeties. Michael Mayer, you know he can make a play if you get him one on one. From there, it's about being confident in it and Drew Pine making the making the the throw, right? If they make the throw, I have confidence that Nerd Game's gonna make some plays on the outside and just make some plays in the passing game in general. But again, Brian, we didn't see it last week, right? right. It was a struggle. We're throwing we slide routes the into the ground. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, not, yeah, past even t- Drew Pine for a second. Tyler Buckner was with yeah. throws over the first two games, too. So, this isn't and then just when that they, drew some of those Pine, throws
1: probably. were being thrown. They weren't making enough plays on the ball. That I mean, yes. it's, it's been a, it's been a, and then when they did have guys open and Drew was ready to throw, or, or excuse me, Tyler was ready to throw, you weren't given protection. It's been an all yes. encompassing problem. 100%. That got a little better in the second half last week, second quarter to, to, to second half, gave mm-hmm. the quarterback more time, didn't have the drops quarterback got the ball where it needed to go wasn't super super accurate but he got it where it needed to get to it's kind of hard not to be accurate on some of those throws that he missed in the the first quarter But he settled down and had chances to make those throws later and he made them Mm -hmm. now you need to show that you can make them at 10 at 15 at 20 and and deeper and if you don't do that this is i mean again you can play keep away and and hope that you can win 20 to 17 but the reality is is that's probably not likely and even if you do, do, you are able to do that, you're going to put your defense in a situation just like Ohio State, where your defense is great for almost three full quarters. But if you give an offense like Ohio State, if you give an offense like North Carolina enough time, they're going to put a couple drives together if it's yep. a close game. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem I have. If your defense is making stops early, the Notre Dame offense has to put some distance between them and Carolina immediately. Yep. I don't care if it's a three-play drive or a thirteen-play drive or anything in between. It's got to be seven, and that's the thing. Is then if if your defense is struggling early, then your offense has to match. Obviously, but they can't just oh hey we're up thirteen nothing or thirteen to three. Let's let's run the clock out because it'll take Carolina about four minutes of game time <laughs> to turn that that thirteen to three deficit into a lead. That's the reality of it, and so you've got to you've got to defense has got to do their job. But the offense has to come out a mindset of whatever we're doing, it's with the thought of scoring, not eating the clock, scoring. And this is my whole thing with this, Ryan. I don't think you need to focus on playing keep away. It's like focus on building around who you are. We have very Mm -hmm. talented backs. We have a a talented offensive line that's starting to get going. We should have better blocking at tight end, right? And and there's some weapons in the pass game that they're not utilizing, but – if you play your game and you execute and you play aggressively, it'll be a natural part of that is there will be drives where you go like nine, ten yards, right? You mm-hmm. know, nine, ten plays, excuse me. And so when you force the keep away thing, you tend to get conservative. You tend to get, well, let's not take a chance, you know, let's let's let's, you know, hey, look, take more time, huddle, all that nonsense. And now all of a sudden you get no rhythm on offense. Mm-hmm. That's what happened against North Carolina. You know, that's what happened against you know, they they pushed people kept talking about like tempo against Marshall. I'm like, that wasn't tempo. That looked like tempo because of how slow they were going before, but that wasn't exactly tempo as we as we perceive it. Yeah, and, and so yeah, it worked against Cal because Cal was a was a team that once Cal wanted it to be a low scoring game. That's you're playing into mm-hmm. their their game. So you just had better players and you were able to get it done. This whole mindset of playing keep away and keep that other offense off the field, I hate it. Yep. Because for a team like Notre Dame, I hate it because just be who you are. And sometimes mm-hmm. it may be a three-play drive, and other times it may be a quicker drive. But if you don't establish that aggressiveness where you're coming out and attacking them, then they're just going to – I mean, they're, it's going to play right into their hands, in my opinion. And and I just don't think we're in a situation where Notre Dame can afford to do that on offense. Yeah. And that's that's my big concern and and the thing that I could think could keep them. I think the only thing that could stop Notre Dame this weekend is Notre Dame. Agreed. That That's that's the reality of it. That's the only yeah. thing that can stop Notre Dame this weekend is Notre Dame. It, North Carolina cannot stop the Notre Dame offense. They can't unless all of a sudden they get good in a week. But if it mm-hmm. looks like they're stopping Notre Dame offense, it's most likely going to be more about Notre Dame. And, and that's the concern that I have is are you going to play a game and have a philosophy and a, a structure that plays right into Carolina's hands? And, uh, you know, I just uh, – that's my big concern. This game, to be honest with you, Ryan,
2: I think regrets as a a coach, Brian, only come from you knowing that you had more in the tank, right? Like Mm -hmm. that you had more than you put out there. And I think that during the first three games, I think it's safe to to say that Notre Dame didn't, didn't just let it all hang out, right? Like they didn't let loose. And if Notre Dame would have let loose in the first three games completely and just they just came out on the short end of one or two of the games. I can live with that personally, right? Cuz it's like you you put everything out there, man. Like you you did you gave everything. There was no question about effort, physicality, or just the 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 intrinsic want to to try to win a football game, right? But I don't feel like all the time this team is getting put into the best position to be successful, create plays. Like I don't think that it's happened yet. So I'm excited to see is this the game where Notre Dame just kind of says, "Hey, man, we're one and two. Our backs right. are against the wall. We're about to go into bye week. Let's go out there. And let's play, man." Right. Like North Carolina is at home. They're comfortable. They've scored some points. They have confidence. Let's punch them in the mouth a little right. bit, man. That's what you have to do, Ryan. Let me ask you this: yeah. If what you
1: just said is Notre Dame's come and say, "Hey, let's go play. Let's yeah. let's beat, Let's go. Let's go play Notre Dame football." What what is that going to look like for the run game? Like. Uh, it's a, I'm, I'm setting you up because I know you and I are on the same page here. Yeah. What does it look like for the run game if Notre Dame plays their game and comes out aggressive and goes after North Carolina and, as you said, punches them in the mouth? Isn't the end result the same as ball control, but this way it's more aggressive? It's designed to take it to them more? It's designed to put more yeah. points on the board with the same thought process? That's why I say it's about your mindset. It's not so mm-hmm. much about the strategy. It's about what's going into the strategy. If you're going into something in – like if you're a boxer and you're going in with a guy that's a really aggressive puncher and you have a defensive strategy, you may say, Hey, look, there's a reason for this. It's, it's, it's a strategy, which is going to allow us to then take it to him later rounds, right. whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Or if you, you can have that strategy and it's a winning strategy, or you can say, Hey, I'm going to go in here and play defensive. Cause I'm afraid to get knocked out. Guess what? You're still going to get knocked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you're not, you know, it, it's, what's the motivation behind the game plan. And then when it's out of fear or, or, you know, hey, we're, we're playing keep away from the other team. That's a, It may not be fear in the minds of the coaches, but it is fear. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give them too many possessions because we think they may score. That's not having a lot of faith in your defense. That's not having faith in your players. Yep. The mindset that you're talking about, Ryan, is going to look a little – it's going to accomplish a lot of the same goals that this – what they have did against Ohio State will accomplish, but you'll be way better at it, way more mm-hmm. aggressive at it, way more efficient with it, and you'll score more points. And guess what? At the end of the day – You'll have the ball more. You'll keep that offense off the field, but you'll put that offense in a situation where y'all better go down and score because we're going to come down and score the next drive, but it's going to take us about five minutes to do it. And it puts a lot more pressure on North Carolina. The way that Notre Dame played against Ohio State offensively puts zero pressure on the North Carolina offense. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, just keep keep at it. We're going to eventually get there, just like Ohio State did. Yep. But you play the way they did on defense, and then be more, be more aggressive, be more on the go, play your game. If if there's a way to, if there's an opportunity to take a shot, don't be afraid to take a shot, out of some weird desire to slow it down. Mm-hmm. You know, now all of a sudden North Carolina's like, you know, hey, look, you know, there's a little bit more pressure on them. Now we said yesterday this is a good come from behind team, but as long as you keep putting points on the board and you know jump on them, every stop you make gets answered with points. That's mm-hmm. how North Carolina starts making mistakes and you roll them. Right? But that only comes because you're willing to be you. Yes. And the fact that this team, this this staff somewhat appears unwilling to be as aggressive on one side as the other side mm-hmm. is concerning to me. You yeah. know, and that's why and then guess what? Your players play that way. Your well, players pay, play
2: passively. Go ahead, Ryan. No, that's what I was about to say is from the mental side of things for a second, because we've talked a lot about the offense being young, right? Like there's a lot of sophomores playing football. There's a lot of younger players playing football on the offensive side of the football, especially when you come out aggressive and just let things hang out, man, those kids are going to play with confidence and because they're going to know that you have all the trust in them to make plays. And then that's when big plays happen, when coaches coaching has trust in them and they're able to just play their game. With this methodical approach and kind of this conservative approach, Knicks players play tight, man. Like I want to see the first drive them get into a rhythm and Audric has to make it downhill, run a dude over, and the offensive line just get pumped up and ready to go, right? Like I want to see Blake Fisher with some fire in his gut. I want to see mm-hmm. that type of atmosphere, right? Because if this so I'm telling you right now, if this coaching staff shows shows confidence and vigor in what their offense can accomplish and what their team can accomplish in general, I have a good feeling that they will they'll they'll take that confidence and they'll turn it tangibly into sure. success, Brian. Like I do. Cause they, again, never been a talent issue. It's about putting cool. guys in the right, pl- in the right spot and letting them make plays. And I feel like there's something that's just kind of in a little bit missing right now, as far as like that, that pushback, as far as giving a player an opportunity and a player making it, there's a disconnect right, right now. If the coaching staff and the players are on the same page and they're playing with that fire and that vigor, I think they're going to respond and make plays, man. I do. I really do because you've seen it in the past. It's not like I've never seen Lorenzo Styles make a play. It's not like I've never seen Braden Lindsay make a play. It's not like I've never seen Chris Tyree, Michael Mayer, make a play. I've seen all right. these guys make plays which tells me it's there. It's just right now, be completely honest, Notre Dame's offense is playing tight, man. It's playing tight, and it's nervous, and it's conservative, and it's not letting things loose. Let's change that this week.
1: Ryan, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. It's a mindset that leads to to you playing passively or you playing aggressively. You can you can be Notre Dame's 2017 offense was a ball control running offense, but they were an aggressive ball control offense. If you they would like you said come off, hammer them in the mouth, get Chris Tyree on a couple big runs. Audric just comes yep. and runs a guy over two straight Audric estimate runs where he just runs in a linebacker and hammers them, and all of a sudden, guess what? Him safety creep down, bam, play action shot over the top. Yeah, right. That's the aggressive as opposed to run, 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 run until they stop you. Now you're in third nine. That's mm-hmm. what they've done so far. Hey, the running is going. This is great. Let's keep running. Oh, uh, they stopped us once or twice, and now we're in third nine because you weren't willing to do the things that, that were – that's that's the – when I say that's the aggressiveness is, is we're going on the attack. Now, because of who our personnel is, us being on the attack is going to be a team that runs the football a lot but you know again that's just kind of what i want to see from this team and i'm 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 not optim i'm actually not optimistic that we're going to see that on saturday based on the things that they're saying mm-hmm. now i hope that it's just them playing the media game that's what i hope it is and that's but you know right, as i said right now we don't have enough knowledge of this staff and what they will do on saturdays to to know for sure what it's going to be because sure. when marcus freeman told us all summer that this is what they're going to do against ohio state that's exactly what they did against ohio state Right. So um, the only evidence we have is that when he says we're going to play ball control and keep it away from the other team, that's what they did. And if that's what they try to do against North Carolina, this team's going to be one and three. And, and that's why we say it's it, they got to change their mindset. And it starts with the head coach and then goes to the offensive coordinator. And the offensive coordinator is mm-hmm. going to have to do things to build confidence in this group, because right now this is a group with no confidence. And he can be- beat them down and hammer them and all those kind of things. And I understand the desire to do that. But he's got to start doing some things and practice, start doing some things game plan wise, start doing some things game planning wise. That makes this fun again for those kids because they have a mountain of pressure on their shoulders. You can you saw it last week when Lorenzo Styles just dropped that ball. There's yeah. so much weight on that kid's shoulders right now that he's just pressing. And so yeah. it's up to you to say, okay, what's well, my job to fix that? Mm-hmm. Right? It's nobody else's job, it's your job. You yeah. know, like Tommy Reese wanted full autonomy of the offense. Well, he got it, you know. For the most part, he got it. It's up to him to get it right, and I think he's capable of it. It's just will he do the things needed to do? That's the key because you can – watch Ryan, you nailed it. You just – the body language of this football team last week, early on especially, was Mm -hmm. poor. It got a little better late in the game up front and with the backs, but the receivers played that way the whole game. Yep. That never changed. They got to get that group going too, and they can't forget about them. If they forget about them thinking they're just going to win with the backs, tight ends, and the offensive line, guess what? You're not going to win uh, as many games as you should. You're just not. You're just not. Yeah. So, so Ryan, let's go to the let's go to the uh, defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. This is a very intriguing matchup. As we mm-hmm. said yesterday, it's good on good on one side and bad on bad on the other. We just covered the bad on bad side. Yep. Now let's get down to the good on good, and it's going to be a similar thing on both sides of the ball. And it's going to be like this a lot of weeks, but I think this week is especially true because there's two aspects to this. Number one is they got to dominate in the trenches. They need to dominate in the trenches for two reasons, and then we'll talk about what that looks like. The main reason they need to dominate in the trenches is because the matchup specifically against North Carolina is you have to be able to put them behind the sticks. You can't let them get the run game going. You have to get early negatives, right? That's what it looks like as far as the manifestation of dominating the trenches. It's going to look like that. you know, Tackles for loss sacks, pass breakups, you know, gains of zero to two, you know, you're getting them in a lot of third and longs. It's going to manifest itself that way. And then number two, just the matchup. I mean, this is not a really good offensive line. And that's, look, you, you're you not, I mean, you could Notre Dame actually matches up pretty well in the perimeter of North Carolina. I mean, yeah. the, the secondary athletically has been really good this year. Tariq Bracey's been great. Uh, Tariq played pretty well against North Carolina last year. The only play I remember him giving up was the pick play against Mm -hmm. him where he should have had help. Uh, He played really well in this game, which was great to see after basically getting benched against them the year before. So it's, he's bounced back from that. The perimeter athleticism is is fine. At least it has been so far you, you, where you have an advantage is in the trenches and if Drake may gets into an early rhythm and gets time to throw, they will score on Notre Dame. And if Notre Dame can dominate the trenches and limit the run game effectiveness, get pressure on the quarterback, that right there builds to everything else we could talk I mean, we could literally, Ryan, stop right there with keys of the victory. We won't because there's a couple other things that need to be built on top of it. But honestly, (laughs) if that's the key for 60 minutes, then Notre Dame will have a chance to win this game. Their defense will give them a chance to win this game. Will they win? That that depends on what we just talked about on the other side of the ball. Mm
2: -hmm. But it'll
1: give them a chance to win on that side of the ball. There's no question about it.
2: Well, th- this this running game for North Carolina lulls you to sleep a little bit. They kind of pile up yards and you don't even really notice it. And then the biggest thing, again, Brian, you already mentioned it, right? Drake May is a very confident quarterback, confident beyond, beyond, beyond his years, it seems, at this point. But you also have to remember is he hasn't played a great defense yet. Like, he hasn't. He hasn't played a defense that can consistently get pressure on him. Notre Dame, last game against Cal, look like they can be that team, right? Like they look like they have the potential to be that team with Isaiah Foskey and Jason Adam Malola and Howard Cross and Jacob Lacey and all those dudes that get some pressure on the quarterback, Justin Adam Malola. But at the end of the day, man, they have to get quick pressure against a guy like a Drake May because Drake May will get the football out of his hands if that's mm-hmm. what that's what's, what's there, right? Like he won't press just to press. He'll press if he has time and he has the ability to work through multiple reads – but the kid's going to get the football out of his hand. You have to make this kid rush his process. You have to, man. You have to make him uncomfortable back there because, like you said, well, the things that I'm really impressed with, by, but pressed with with him, besides the fact that he's 6'4", plus two twenty with a really strong arm, is that he's accurate and he's crisp, man. Like he doesn't look rushed ever, right? Like he looks like he's just constantly in control and, and he's comfortable in his own skin right now in this North Carolina offense. Notre Dame has to make him uncomfortable. They have to. You have to shut down this run game because, again, this is in Phil Longo's true identity. He wants to run the football. We talked about that yesterday, right? Like he wants to get that unit going. But more than anything, Drake May could end up being a superstar in college football. And I think he has all the talent to do that. And he's in a pretty good situation to do that. But the point blank period is that this is his, what, fourth start in college football, right? He's only a registered freshman. He hasn't played a ton. You still have the ability to... To affect him mentally in this game, mm-hmm. get some early pressure, get some hits on the quarterback, force his process to go a little quicker than it mm-hmm. normally does. He's a comfortable kid. The only way to do that is to put pressure on you. That's the only way to get you out of your comfort. And that's what they have to do against Drake May. Otherwise, he's going to pick you apart all day for being. Yeah. Honest. Well, it's, it's, and
1: here's the thing that North Carolina did a great job of. Notre Dame did not do with Tyler Buckner. They did things early against. Florida AM and and some of the other teams where they didn't put it on him to kind of be the focal point of the offense. It was get the ball out quickly. They, you know, tried to run early. They did mm-hmm. some max pros. They did some quick game. They allowed him to to kind of grow into the offense. And, and that allowed him, Ryan, to your point, that allowed him to start playing confidently. And, and they built around kind of what he's good at. And I actually think Josh Downs getting hurt helped him a little bit, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Uh, simply because it was one of those things where it it, it forced him to kind of say, "Hey, man, don't don't get locked into your dude, right? Read the defense, see where it goes." It's it's and it's allowed him to say, "Hey, I got I got confidence in other weapons than just Josh Downs because of not having Josh Downs. I had to learn to get confident with him." But the offensive game plan was designed to allow him to to kind of get comfortable, and and then of course playing Florida A and M helps. Right. I mean, that's a part of it, too, is is you were able to play Florida A&M, which helped him to get rolling. He wasn't playing Ohio State in the opener. Yep. And so I think those are the things that when I look at it, Ryan, you say, okay, they are very selective with their downfield shots. They they throw the ball down the field a decent amount, Mm -hmm. but they don't they don't just drop back and empty personnel and run a bunch of go routes. You know what I mean? Uh, It's it's max pro as we just showed up the other day. It's max pro one shot. There's no read. It's, you're taking the goal route or the post route based on the pre-snap read, and if it's not there, check down. And I think they did a great job with that. And to your, but to your point though, Ryan, and what we discussed yesterday is they've never seen a defense like this. No, at least what we've seen from Notre Dame, they've never seen a defense like the one Ohio State had, or like, they, like Notre Dame had against Ohio State. They've never seen a defense this year like the one that they faced, like Notre Dame showed against Cal. Right? right if 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 that if the if the front seven, I'll just say this if the Notre Dame team plays against North Carolina that like, they played against Cal, they'll have success keeping them somewhat in check they, I mean they're still going to score and move the ball if they play the way they did against Cal and tackle better but mm-hmm. just tackle better, they will keep North Carolina way down. That's how big of a mismatch it is in the trenches. but the question is from a game plan standpoint and this is on Al golden, are you going to allow your defensive line to take this game over? Are you going to try to make this a scheme game? That's the big question that I have. He's got to let them win in the trenches and they didn't let them win in the trenches the way they were calling plays against Marshall. No, they played a passive game plan with the D line. You do that against North Carolina, you will get ripped. If you attack and you're aggressive and you let them dominate up front, then that's how you're going to have success. And, And look, there's no level of football, Ryan, that, you know, like as far as like, you know, like, like I mean, like Division three, like college football, NFL football, even like the best high school football. There's no mm-hmm. level of football where scheme is not important. Sure. But the lower you get below the NFL, scheme is important, but your talent is even more important. Mm-hmm. And letting your talent play is even more important. And that's the one thing Coach Golden has to remember, is this is college football. And at the end of the day, it's not about – how smart you are, it's take your best players, turn them loose, and let them go, Yeah, right? And then kind of steer them in the right direction, right? And and against Marshall, we saw a coach that was trying to uh, do too much. He was trying to kind of oh, – he was overthinking it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there just was so many different things. You're like, dude, this is Marshall. Why are you trying to out-scheme Marshall? Turn your dudes loose. Let them go play. We yep. saw a little better job of that against Cal – Overall, definitely mm-hmm. better with what they did with the D line. That's what they need to build on. Not, sh- I mean, in the NFL, you got to show people how smart you are because some smart dudes on the other sideline and he will out-scheme you. And in the NFL, there's not a huge discrepancy in talent from week to week.
0: There there's just not. isn't.
1: The yeah. the worst team in the NFL, the number 32 team in the NFL, has a much tighter tra- uh, talent tra- uh, you know gap than that between the best team in the NFL than the number 32 ranked team in college has to Bama or Georgia. 100%. Right. I mean, it's just yep. a reality, which is why you see one year this team is good. The next year they're bad. One year this team's bad. The next year they're good. Any any team that's run well has a chance to turn things around quickly with a pick here, a pick there. Right. And so you just you can't look at it that way. There is everything is close enough, right, where you do have to fundamentals and scheme and all that kind of stuff. In yep. college, you look at Notre Dame's schedule. They're still. All but two teams left on the schedule, in my opinion. Notre Dame still has better players than them. Notre Dame has better players than North Carolina. And that's no shot to North Carolina. North Carolina is doing a really nice job. They're saying we've been very positive towards them all week, but the reality is Notre Dame still has better players. Yes. Are you going to let those guys play like better players or are you going to continue to handcuff them? Because so far so, so far this season, right, we've seen way too much handcuffing of the talent for from coaches who are trying to scheme everything to death. Let yes. these flipping kids play. Put him in a good position, put him in sound position and say attack, right? Yep. You can be sound and aggressive. And if they can do that, I think this team will have success on Saturday. If they try to get too cute and and make him and and and, and he's getting flashbacks of trying to come up with a game plan for Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen, then this team's mm-hmm. gonna overthink it and they're gonna give up big plays and they're gonna get beat. And the D-line's not gonna be allowed to attack. That's the key. That's I just it's that's it. I mean, that's it to me, right?
2: Yeah. Well, it, I guess that's the that's the tough part I guess sometimes when you're transitioning from the NFL level back to the college level if you're now golden for instance right because you were just on a level that mattered so much and I agree with you completely Brian because there's a high level of parity in the NFL right so it's like literally a coaching decision one or two plays literally does win a football game most weeks between an NFL team college football there's a wider gap usually between like you said number one versus number 32 for instance right so I agree with you it's much more Player driven in college football than it is in the NFL. Like obviously, talent you need talent to 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 do to make a scheme successful in the NFL. But in college, I mean, sometimes the Jimmys and the Joes just do win you football games mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? Like that's kind of the point blank to it. And I do think I don't think Al Golden's done a bad job so far. I think he's had spurts of good. I just yeah. think that there are moments though where you could just tell that it's just more scheme driven than player right. driven. To your point, right? right? And I think that you saw it last week. When you let Isaiah Foskey just be him. When you and let Jason Samuel. Adamolola yep. just be him. When you let Jacob Lacey even just be him. Justin Adamolola just be him. I mean, you let the shackles loose, and they just went, man. And they yeah. made pressure, and they ended up dominating that football game in the second half. And they, and they were the big reason that you won the football game on that yeah. side of the football, right? So yeah. I agree with you, man. Like, just let him loose. Just let him go, yeah. Al. Because I know Al Golden's a really smart guy. Minds, right? Like he's a really smart that, but football the, guy. But the
1: issue is that we're, we're we're saying it's it's he's too smart right now. Yeah. <laughs> really, I like, mean, yeah. that's that's the reality. We're not. Well, this isn't a shot on Al Golden. This is an adjustment yeah. that you make when you've been in the NFL for almost a decade, which he you know is what seven years, right? And six mm-hmm. or seven years at least. It's an adjustment period going back to college. That's the point, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially when you have smart kids like Notre Dame, because on the board and on the practice field, they're like picking this stuff up. Like these kids are really smart, but every college coach knows what they do in practice is not going to be quite what they do in game. So you have to like, so for example, when I would teach routes, I would teach like a really big sink on top ends, right? Like I would like really drive almost like you were hunched down when we were first doing install. Cause I know when we get into a live situation, they're not going to do that. They're going to do about half of that. So if you only teach it to the point you want them to be, then when they get to a game, then they're going to be up and they're not going to do as much. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: it's, it's that kind of thing where, you have to know that just because they're picking it up on the board and just because they're good into practice doesn't mean that you can just do all these things because in practice there's not the pressure. The tempo of practice is not the same. There's all types of reasons why. And that's the thing that Coach Golden has to realize. is like you're wicked smart, but it's only about what your players can do and you still have a pretty good D-line. You need to turn those kids loose. Yes. And that's going to be the key. Now there's some other practical things that need to be a part of this game plan this weekend, Ryan. Uh, number one is l- do better with leverage.
2: Mm-hmm. North
1: Carolina okay. will leverage you to death if you let them, inside and outside, because they have a they have a really unique screen game. They will attack you with at the perimeter, the screen and the run and the pass. But they also, if you overplay it, they will then sell you outside and then bring you a tunnel screen back inside. Yeah, And it that which makes it and, and they haven't done as much of that the last two weeks because they didn't have Josh Downs. Josh Mm -hmm. Downs is back, which is going to make their screen game a much bigger part of this game. And so that's something I want to see is leverage is a big thing. Do not let them bubble screen you to freaking death on Saturday. If Marshall, if Cal was smart, they would have done that a lot more on Saturday. And and again, why? Bill Musgrave, really smart coach, but he's an NFL guy. He's always thinking to the next play. One thing I loved about what Tommy Reese did on Saturday is I'm okay to a degree. I don't say I loved it. I was okay with it. Is when they just started like, okay, we're just going to run inside zone and duo right down your face, right? You can do that to a degree in college. I mean, I remember watching Chip Long do that once against Memphis. They were playing. I can't remember who they were playing, the SMU or something. They just ran G, G scheme right, G scheme left, G scheme right, G scheme left, like eight straight plays right down the field for a touchdown. Yeah, And, and the reason he kept doing it wasn't lack of creativity. It's like They did nothing to adjust to it, and they were crushing them with it. And right? sometimes
2: like, – and sometimes in those instances, you just have better football players, right? So, exactly. like, at the end of the day, that's how you win. Exactly. Brian, like, in, in high school football, we used to play this one school who was, like, the power around here of the level. And we would always be in the game. And we, I did beat them one time in my career. But, like, we were always in the game with them. But in the second half, they would say, all right, we're done with that. Double tight power. eye, run it down their throats. Like, that's what happens, man. And they're just like, I, I can't stop this anymore. They're better than us. You know, on a player-to-player basis, they are better than us. And – Again, that's a little bit of let it loose, though, right? It's like, right. let's not overthink this. Let's right. let's not overthink this. If we're if right. they're giving us this play, they're giving us this formation, run it until they right. stop it, right? Right. So I, and I and it's not you. about
1: dumbing it down. It's not no. because that's that it's not about simplifying I, 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 just, I, I hate the dumbing the down yes, terminology, yes, by the way. I hate that. Yes. Yeah. It's more about it's about having a foundation that you can build upon. And in the NFL, this is the concern I have. In the NFL. You are basically gonna have a brand new scheme almost every week on defense. Yep. I mean, it's it's one of the things I like about Al Golden. But that has to, but in college though, you have to you have to still have a foundation that you know you're gonna build on. And then you then your your adjustments each week are built on that foundation of what you do best. And and that's the thing he has to learn is it's not just keep doing what you're doing until they figure it out. Because they'll never master it this season. It may be next year, but you, this is Notre Dame. You don't, you know, you it's like it's what thing I think Jim Knowles did a great job of with Ohio State this year. He has simplified what he does enough to where they they have a foundation of he's just letting the dudes be dudes, right? And yeah. then they'll eventually kind of build on it, right? Al Gold needs to kind of take a page from that a little bit and say, Hey, look, I know I'm wicked smart, but the kids aren't there yet. Yes. Let's build to that. And if they do that and just turn them loose, because if, if Notre Dame can somehow find a way to get their linebackers going, this defense is unreal at this point in time. Yeah. The way that the, the way their front seven should be playing and played against Cal and, and the way that their defense defensive secondary has played for most of the year, if the linebackers start playing like because we thought they might be a strength of the team, you know, and we're way off on that. If you yeah. can get that group back to playing the way they should, because every single kid in the lineup has regressed. From the last mm-hmm. time we saw him. Maris is not as good as he was in 2019 or 2020. JD's not as good as he was last year and Jack Kaiser's not as he was last year. That's mm-hmm. not a talent problem. That's a coaching problem. And mm-hmm. if they can fix that, then holy moly, this defense has a chance to be really, really
0: good. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: And a couple yes. more keys, Ryan, and, and and uh we're gonna do a mailbag after this. So if you have questions, get those in now. Okay. So fire throw your questions in there and we will uh we will we'll get to that point. We'll get to those afterwards. So we will have a mailbag. But Ryan, a couple more keys on defense. Number one, this is kind of a simple one, limit big plays. And I'm gonna say these two together. Limit big plays, and they've got to tackle. They have to tackle, they have to tackle. Yes. The the, the the frustrating thing about last year's game is a lot of the big plays that, that here's the deal. I'm a big believer in this. Against some offenses, they're going to make a big play on you. They just are. Mm-hmm. Alabama's eventually going to get a big play on you. But you have to make them earn it. You have to make the receiver run a great route or just make a great catch or something. The frustrating thing about Notre Dame's North Carolina game last year is the, the big plays they gave up were kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Turning a guy loose on a simple stop and go, right? Uh, not getting over top of a of a simple. I mean, you know counter. You know the geek schemes coming. You know it's doing what you're doing. Just execute it, and you blow it up. You know, and then you just like let it part like the Red Sea. That wasn't a that was I mean it was well blocked, but it was well blocked because you didn't play it right as a group of linebackers and as a as an edge player. And so there there's things like that that allowed North Carolina to be in a game that they really shouldn't have been in. To be mm-hmm. honest with you. Yep. And so, to me, you've got to limit those things. Make them earn it. Make yes. them earn the – because, they'll, they'll look, they're going to get yards. They're going to get some points. They're, this isn't going to be a 10-3 to 3 game. They're going to move the ball at times. They're going to score. You've got to create enough stops and mistakes and turnovers to keep them in check. And, and so that's the thing is limit the big plays that come off of dumb things, blown coverages, missed gap assignments, and missed tackles. Al mm-hmm. Golden actually talked about what we've been talking about all week when it came to the pass rush. He's like, you can't run past the quarterback. You can't overrun the quarterback. I mean, that's simple stuff, right? I mean, you need to counter off of that. You need to just stop at that point in time. Like, you can't run past the quarterback as an interior player. you know. And, and so there's some adjustments they need to make that, to me, I think when you look at Ryan, you say, if you can just play a clean game mm-hmm. and then play an aggressive game, that's where Notre Dame is going to have success, and it sounds simple, but honestly, it is simple. This is not a complex offense. It it is it is hard to defend, but it's not complex if you if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And North Carolina doesn't have the talent advantage over Notre Dame that they've had over the last three opponents. And so, if Notre Dame can play clean and play aggressive, then that's where they'll have their shot to to win because their front's better than Carolina's front. Yes, and their secondary is good enough, and their linebackers are athletic enough to where. They should limit the big plays just because, holy moly, that guy's just way better than our dudes. like Josh Downs is a really good player. He's not Devontae Smith, and Notre Dame has more athleticism at corner right now than they had in 2020 when Devontae ripped him up. You know what I mean? So you shouldn't see that on Saturday if they play clean. So those, to me, are my final keys to the game, Ryan. Thoughts on that and anything else that you think you want to see from them defensively in order to keep
2: Carolina in check on Saturday? Yeah, tackling's the biggest thing for me, and you mentioned that obviously in your in your big, in your big and your big picture point. But I mean, Brian, like we've talked about it, right? Phil Longo is such a good offensive mind because he understands that he has good athletes and he's going to get him in space. He's going to let him make plays. Josh Downs is the type of player that is a three level threat, so he can run some vertical stuff. He can separate in the middle of the field. He can run short routes. He can do all that stuff. But the thing that makes him truly dangerous, and you mentioned this earlier with the screen game after catch, my guy is a, he's a problem. He's an Mm -hmm. absolute problem. Like He's going to create hidden yardage and explosive plays just off of being a great athlete, right? And they have a couple guys on this offense that are like that. And you need to limit that impact. It's it's what we talked about this against Ohio State, right? It's okay if Josh Downs makes an eight-yard catch, right? But don't let it become a 25-yard catch. Exactly, right? It's like don't let those – Small gains turn into chunk plays. Don't let the explosive plays turn into touchdowns. You can't great, let that Great happen. example,
1: Ryan, Purdue yeah. last year. Yep. David Bell would make a catch at four yards and then find a crease, and the next thing you know, he's got eight catches for 140 yards. Mm-hmm. He had eight catches against Notre Dame last year, I think. But he had minus 10 yards per catch because the catch and runs he was having in previous games were catch and tackled against yes. Notre Dame. That, so so I'm only pointing that out because that's exactly what Ryan's talking about is that kind of performance where Drake London early in the game against Notre Dame last year was catching mm-hmm. a bunch of balls, but he was catching and getting tackled right where he was. USC yeah. started moving later in the game when Notre Dame started having missed assignments and turning him loose, right? I don't care if Josh Downs catches 13 passes on Saturday, as mm-hmm. long as it's 13 passes for nine yards a catch, eight yards a catch. 100%. That's
2: going to be the key. Which, which he did in the first game before he got hurt, right? He had, like, nine catches for, like, what, 78 yards or yeah. something like that? Like, that's mm-hmm. what they did. Although, I mean, he scored two touchdowns. So, like, you know, he was doing his role or whatever. But, like, the point of the matter is, is don't let Josh Downs turn a good gain into an explosive one. Don't let him turn explosive mm-hmm. into touchdowns. Like, you have to limit the impact that he has. And that goes same thing in the run game, right? Like, I, I talked about this yesterday when we kind of briefly just kind of introed. A and Hampton's a good football player, right? Mm-hmm. George Petaway is a good football player. They're good football players. But again, they're the same thing where I don't think their offensive line is very good, if I'm being honest, right? Like, I think that the linebacker is going to have the chance to make plays. I think the defensive line is going to have a chance to make plays. But you have to limit a Marion Hampton to three yard gains instead of eight yard gains, right? right. Like, n- yards after contact cannot be a big thing in this football game. Make them work for what they want to do because you mentioned it. They, they live off of explosive plays. That's how they win football games. Make them try to be methodical a little bit more, right? Make them have longer drives if they're going to score. That's how I think you beat this team. So limiting the impact is the biggest thing, and you do that by making tackles in the open field because Phil Longo is going to create some space. He's going to create some plays. Notre Dame needs to keep the, the impact very limited in this football game, or at least as limited as possible.
1: I wanna I wanna bring something up too because somebody just said something who's uh, about Josh Downs is better than any one DB that Notre Dame has. I'm gonna push back a little bit on that. If you go back and study last year's game, Tariq Bracy was shutting Josh Downs down, mm-hmm. which is why North Carolina started doing things where they started blocking Tariq Bracy. The the two big plays that Josh Downs had, he had one catch against Tariq down the field, and it was a tightly contested catch. It was a really good route. Good ball. It's the only time he beat him. The other one was on a wheel route where they ran a pick on Tariq and nobody yeah. helped him over top. And then the other one was they ran an inside screen where they sent a lineman out to block Tariq, like they could not. He could not get open against Tariq last year, which is why they started doing those things. And that's where a lot of Josh's numbers came from last year was on on plays where they were literally blocking Tariq Bracy. So the thing about it is, I don't think you need to go out there in this game and say, hey, look, we've got a double and triple team Tariq Bracey. You know, like, like they, they didn't double team Jackson Smith and Jigba. They trusted Tariq to go cover him. And yep. Tariq made him work for it. it. It's the same philosophy here with Josh Downs. Put Tariq on him. Josh is going to make his catches, but mm-hmm. make him work for it. Because yes. if he has to work for it, it, it then allows you to commit your other resources to other places. Now that means Tariq has to play well. But that's what he did last year, and and that's what he did in the opener against Jackson Smith and Jigba before he got hurt. I mean, you go back and watch that game; he was not getting room to run against Tariq. And then whoever they put on Tariq after that, he just he locked down. Tariq bracey has been really good in coverage so far this year, yeah. and so I'm not saying he's going to shut Josh Downs down. He's not. Josh Downs is a real football player. He's going to get <laughs> his catches. But it's it's if you can allow him to say hey, go out there and do what you do. And 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 not make mistakes, and then play a clean enough game, Ryan. Where you know you can kind of limit some of that production, where you know that's the clean game aspect of it, right? And that's why I point mm-hmm. to you know, look at his numbers last year. You look at Josh Downs' numbers: ten catch for under forty-two yards, right? But look at the game. Go break down the game, right? So he says uh, he says shutting him down. The credit for Longo for scheming good. That's exactly what we said, dude. We watched the game. I studied the game. He had a 50-yard gain on a wheel route where they picked Tariq Bracey. He had another 40-yard gain on a screen where they went out and blocked Tariq Bracey, right? So that's like 80 yards of that 142 came on two plays where they literally blocked Tariq Bracey, right, which means he had eight catches for like 70, 80 yards. That's the point, right? If they have to scheme to, stop to, to, to get him open, if you play a clean game, you limit those big plays. That's what mm-hmm. they didn't do last year. Right. And so that's the key to this game. And so if you go back and watch the game, that's exactly how it played out. We watched the game, and that's how it happened. So yeah. that's the key is if Tariq can have a big game. Now, if Tariq goes out there and you have that game plan and he doesn't cover Josh Downs well, then you're in trouble and you have yes. to kind of rethink things. But so far he's been playing well and you gotta trust your guys. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of the key to me of of how this is doing how this game is going. And all, you know, and what will Carolina do to counter that? That's a good question, and that's what makes Phil Longo really good. He will. This is what Phil Longo will do. If you st- shut down some things, he will find ways to get his dude the ball, and that's where you got to play clean. And that's where I want to see the chess match. That's where this is going to be fun to see what Al Golden does against that. But the thing he's got to do is you have got to allow your front four to attack. The defensive game plan last year did not allow enough of that. Yeah, they 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 played a sort of a passive, you know, keep it in front of you type of thing. You have to be aggressive. You have to attack, and then when you get to the quarterback, you've got to bring him down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a big key.
2: I'll say this. I'll say this too, Brian. Th- this offense looks different than it did last year because we wa- we talked about the tight end implementation in this offense. Like last year, that was just not really a part of the game plan. Like that was just a very secondary type of option they for did North hit Carolina one big
1: play with the tight ends last year uh yeah. on that remember that drought route we we showed up the other day that yes. climb route. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: yep 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 that's a good point but it yeah but it's something where I mean Phil Longo again has had tight ends in his offense in the past that have been big pl- time players for sure this year though it's I mean it's even at a higher level and it's multiple tight ends this year I mean we've talked about the Morales kid we talked about Nesbit. Big game, too, for the linebackers, not only for filling the run and being consistent tacklers from your run pursuit and from your run fit perspective, but I think it's a big game for Maris Loifau to be that athlete that we know he is and be able to cover up yeah. some of that quick stuff to uh, Nesbit working the seam, Morales sneaking down the seam. Like, no, like The Notre Dame linebackers need to be really good in coverage yeah. in this game, too, because yeah. the tight ends are a big part of it now. Ryan, this is one of the, the
1: – the North Carolina game in 2020 – was one of the games you would always point to, along with the Bama game, to say, this is why I think Maris Louisville is going to be a stud. Yep. And so that's what we get back to. It's not that, uh, you know, hey, the only guy that we're pushing for to play right now, the only two guys we're pushing for to play because of what they did in high school, is Eli Raritan and Tobias Merriweather. Because guess what? We don't have anything else because they're freshmen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with all the other players, and you mentioned it on offense, Ryan, It's, it's Lindsay, It's it's It's, Stiles, it's Tyree. It's, it's, these are all things we've seen them do before, right? Yeah. Yep. It's the same thing here. We have seen Maris Lufau play that way. But what Clark Lee did in 2020 was Maris had a really simple job. And he did it really well. Yep. And it's going to be the same thing here. Have Give him a really simple job and then let him fly. If it's, hey, number 18, that tight end, you go wherever he goes. I don't care. Just have it be simple and allow his speed to take over because you, you're not getting enough. Like you said, you're not getting enough out of it. And the first half, you're not going to have J.D. Bertrand. So, you know, how is that going to play out? You know, are you going to – does that mean Bo Bauer plays more Mike? Are you going to go with Jack Kaiser inside and go with a true nickel for most of the game? Uh, are you going to give Junior 2 Alamaca some more snaps? Like, you know, they're, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. But it's got to be a, a plan that is scaled back enough to allow your linebackers to play fast and disciplined. Because it because that's something that Carolina did yesterday last year too, Ryan. Is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna somewhat push back a little bit on the the thing about the tight ends because you are correct about the tight ends for North Carolina uh, mm-hmm. throughout the season last year. Mm-hmm. Like you nailed mm-hmm. it throughout the season, they were absolutely not as big a part of the offense as they are this year. Right, but against Notre Dame last year, they actually did some nice things. Nesbitt had three catches for 50 yards, and I'm, I think that there was one other tight end play in that game. It might it might have uh, yes, I believe there was another one in that game too. Um, but yeah, he had so he had a seam route where he beat J.D. Bertrand right at the seam on top of that climb. So they didn't go to it often, but mm-hmm. when they needed a big play, they went to the linebackers. They went at the linebackers. They did it twice with the tight ends, and then the other thing they did is that play we drew up on Tuesday, where they kind of cleared out and then put the running back on just a, a like a late seam where yep. it's going to be a linebacker's so have to pick him up, and the, they didn't pick him up, and he went for like twenty plus yards. So that was like three plays again. It wasn't – you were correct. It wasn't a volume thing. They didn't mm-hmm. throw at them a lot. Right. But when they needed a big play, that's right where they went, and you know they're going to do that this year. Mm-hmm. They may not do it all game, but it's going to take about three or four plays for them to say, hey, when we need a big play – like I talked to Chip Long about this one time. Do you remember the Arizona State game in 2014? Yes. And Notre Dame came all – they were down 34-3, to three, and Everett hits that pump pump fake and then hits Amir Carl over the top, and all of a sudden it's like 34-31. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. whoa. Like first or second play of the next drive, they went ran a running back wheel route for a big play. And I remember talking to Chip Long about this, and, and I asked him, I said, "What?" he's like, dude, we'd had that play in our back pocket the whole game. We just didn't need it because we got up on them so big. But as soon as they got back in the game, because they knew they could formation Notre Dame in a way where they were going to have a linebacker or a defensive lineman covering him. And on this particular play, Van Gorder caught a play where he had Sheldon Day running on a wheel route with a running back,
2: right? Did that go well? Did that go uh, well? No,
1: no, it did not. <laughs> it went for a long play that set up a touchdown and then it, you know all the momentum was gone. Poor they Sheldon. Ha- Longo will have stuff in his back pocket where when they need a big play, they're going to go to it, and I guarantee you, the majority of those plays are the tight ends and the and the running backs going at the linebackers. If Notre Dame's prepared for that, and they execute those. Then I think that's where they have a chance to really keep this thing, you know, from from looking more like the Ohio State game than than last year's North Carolina game. Yeah, that's key. does um, this look more like yeah. Ohio State or does it look more like last year's North Carolina game? That's um, going to be the key.
2: I'm just imagining Sheldon Day running on a on dude. A it was ridiculous. Now. It was ridiculous. I'm Poor like, Shem. how does that
1: even? How does he even get to that? Like, Such a good play- player. Why are you? Why are you? Asking why him are you- that? Exactly. exact Here's what you do on that play. Let him go. Freaking hit the quarterback. <laughs> yes. You know, you, you <laughs> yep. got this guy in your team named Jalen Smith. Maybe you have him cover a running back on a wheel route. Just saying. Just saying. Maybe, maybe use him. I don't know. Call me crazy. So uh, you know, but that's that's who he was. But anyway, I digress. Special <laughs> teams, Ryan. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna add a caveat to this one. The mm-hmm. the rules are the same. Do no harm, right? Win the field position battle, which they've done a great job of so far with their coverage units. They've done a great job. Kick it out of bounds, don't let them return kicks, do a great job pinning him on with the with the with the punt game, all those type of things. That's all good. I do think the special teams is gonna need to make a play in this game. Mm-hmm. Blocked punt, big return, something. it's not a key like they they can win without it but it certainly helps when you're going Mm -hmm. on the road and you're playing a really good football team and I do we talked about this game before the season I said North Carolina was overrated last year and people are sleeping on this year right because you could just see kind of who was stepping in and and some of the changes that were made I didn't think the defense would be this bad but the offense is a little bit better than I thought it was going to be especially without Josh Downs for two games yes so this is a good football team it's a, but it's a good football team that you should still beat but your special teams which has been brilliant the last two games needs to still be brilliant with its coverage but you also i think need to make a play i yep. i you don't need to it would be really beneficial if the defense could make a play or i mean the special teams could make a play in this game something to spark them you know and we see we know to me Ryan i don't know if there's a bigger like momentum changing play in 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 all of football than a special teams, a big special teams play. A return for a score, a blocked kick that sets up a score, those things are so, so like deflating for the team that it happens to and uplifting for the team that does it, more mm-hmm. so than a 75 yard post route, you know, or a 60 yard, five yard touchdown run. Is that because that's that's the thing where like you catch both offense and defense off guard because they're both on the sidelines for the most part, yep. and then that happens You're like, wait a minute, what, what the heck just happened? <laughs> right? I and mean, look what it did to Wisconsin. Wisconsin was taking control of the game in Notre Dame last year, they had just taken a lead, like the Wisconsin part of the crowd was going crazy. They had just sacked Drew Pine, forced a fumble, taking a 13 10 second half lead, and then bam, Chris Tyree takes it back to the house, 96 yards for a touchdown, and they did nothing after that. Yep. It went from 13 to 10 early in the fourth quarter, to forty-one to 13 at the end of the fourth quarter. And it all yep. started with that special teams kick return. Yep, And it, uh, I just, you just need it. I, need
2: I also it. think the coverage units are big for this too because I think somebody that's a North Carolina fan actually put in the chat too, and I agree with it. I was going to say this actually before we put it. Josh Downs is also a pump mm-hmm. returner, right? So he's mm-hmm. dangerous in that regard. So John yep. Sott's been a great, great addition to the Notre Dame football team, right? And one thing that he's done really well on for the most part is not out kicking the coverage right yeah. like he's getting it down did there that, that good height week, yeah. yep and the coverage is able to get down and make the tackle like their their punt coverage has been really good you cannot let we talked about Josh downs on the offensive side of the football you also can't let him have a big big impact on the kick on the punt return game like you have to be able okay. to have good coverage so I'm glad that the North Carolina fan put that in the chat because it's yep. a great great points well
1: and that's kind of back to what we talked about Ryan is you, you, you can't give up big plays you cannot make the, no. you can't miss kicks you can't give up big returns you just can't allow this because it is it is very depl- deflating it is now what I'm curious about is I am curious if they're going to have him back as the punt return in this game
2: that that how, is a, how ready he'll be volume well i mean yeah. he's coming
1: back from a, i mean it wasn't a major knee injury because he only missed two games but it's still it's like do you really want that, that as good as Notre Dame's coverage there's two schools of thought if you're north carolina one is do you really want him back there with how good and physical Notre Dame's coverage teams have been the other one is but you need him back there because maybe he can break a big play that's going to allow you to to have the advantage for like kind of like what we just said Yep. So there's two ways of looking at that. I, I'm not sure what Carolina's going to do, but that's a that's going to be interesting an interesting aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So Ryan, uh, any other keys? Any other aspects of this game that you want to
2: kind of discuss? Not that we've really haven't hit on, man. Like again, I think it's Notre Dame needs to come out and they need to play aggressive and they need to just. <laughs> again, I don't know. I don't know if Notre Dame truly comes out and punches them in the mouth a little bit, right? And obviously that's metaphorical. I'm not saying they're actually going to punch them in the mouth. But if they come out physical and they show North Carolina that, like, today's going to be hard, man. Like, today's going to get a little difficult here today. I'm curious to see how much North Carolina can punch back. Because I know they can out-athlete you at, at spots, right? Like, I know they can create some big plays. But I have questions about the offensive line. I have questions mm-hmm. about the defense of front seven, just in actually the whole defense of being completely honest. So I'm curious to see just how much fight is in this North Carolina team if you get, if you put their backs against yeah. the wall, because they are a younger football team. I mean, two freshman running backs, redshirt freshman quarterback. Like it is a younger football team in a lot of important spots. So I'm curious to see if, if Notre Dame comes out aggressive and kind of puts their back against the wall a little bit how north carolina responds so again i just think aggressiveness and physicality is going to be the biggest separator in this game for notre dame if they can absolutely win.
1: absolutely so that's going to do it for part one of our podcast today we're going to do a mailbag next but that's going to do it for the keys to victory aspect of it before we move on to the mailbag please do us a favor hit that like button hit that subscribe button hit the notification bell share this podcast sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com so Ryan, a uh, lot going on. So plenty of North Carolina coverage. We have our stacking up articles are on the front page at Irishbreakdown.com. Ryan's got some recruiting content on there. Uh, Sean Styers just put a transcript of Marcus Freeman's press conference from today in the admin. I'm just going to go through and proof that real quick, get that ready to go uh, after the show is over and publish that. So a lot more content tomorrow. We will have our uh, – we'll kind of do our score prediction. How do we see the game playing out? We'll just kind of you know not really hit on the keys to the game this week because we did it – today uh but we'll just kind of talk about the magnitude of the game what's at stake and then make our predictions then we'll preview the other some other big college football games it's going to be another great week i've said it all week another great week of college football games very very intriguing games this week so that's going to do it for this portion of the show everybody thank you for joining us on the irish breakdown podcast